Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today's episode is brought to you by Gem Accessories. Gem Accessories is one of the leading accessory manufacturers within the trading card game space. Known for their deck boxes, Gem also has an amazing lineup of binders, backpacks, and more. Some of our personal favorites include the new KLRZ Icons deck boxes, the Secrets binder, and the Jaguar and Puma backpacks. But don't just take it from us, check out some of these reviews on screen. For all these amazing products and more, be sure to check out Gem Accessories using the link in the description down below, or on Twitter at XGEM Accessories. Again, the description down below or on Twitter at XGEM Accessories. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu Gi Oh! podcast. I'm Sunny, and I'm here with my co host, Caleb. Hello! And of course, we want to welcome you all into this particular episode of the podcast. So for those that are here, we want to thank you so much for being here on this wonderful Friday. And of course, thank you to all of our sponsors, starting with, of course, Gem Accessories. Then, of course, we always want to thank Steel Fox Games, ETB Games for being constant sponsors and supporters. Mm -hmm. And of course, Millennium Threads. You can check them out with a discount code down below, just like you would with Gem Accessories. And of course, if you want to check out some affiliate links, we have affiliate links for both TCG Player and Dragon Shield down below. Just click them before you shop and it will help support the podcast at no extra cost to yourself. Now, of course, we always want to thank all of our patrons. So a huge thank you to our patrons. We'll read off the names at the end of the episode, but wanted to go ahead and thank them, of course, at the top yeah. of the episode. If you're interested in getting that extra episode every week, you can always check out our Patreon for the $5 tier and up every month gets an extra episode every single week. Usually it's not Yu-Gi-Oh! topics at this point, but we do talk about some other stuff and we do that, do that extra episode. Also, if you really want to show your support and show your love for the podcast, but you don't really have the budget, that's fine. We understand all you need to do is go ahead and subscribe on our YouTube, or if you're on Spotify or iTunes, leave us a rating or a review and go ahead and follow or subscribe to us there, whatever the appropriate platform is. So with that said, thank you all again for tuning in today's episode. So what we're going to do today is something a little bit different. We are going to go ahead and we're going to do a mailbag question or a mailbag question episode yeah, rather. Yeah. So. A full mailbag episode, if you would. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I, I got distracted. I got distracted. I got distracted. But it it's okay. I will get it. Together, hopefully. If, if I can figure out how to spell. <laughs> Spelling oh. is hard, apparently. It's, it is difficult sometimes. Depending on the day, sure. But it, it's... It's something, all right. Fair. So, the first thing that I want to say is, um, 
I, if you are, if you are um, interested, if you're going to be there, uh, I'm going to try my very bestest to be at YCS London as of airing. I think it's nine weeks from today. Yeah. So I'm going to fly. I'm going to land Friday morning very, 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 very early and take off Monday morning. Like, not quite as early, but still pretty early. So if you are interested, if you're a, one of our European listeners, which we do actually have quite a few of, uh, I, Caleb won't be there. Yeah. But I will be at YCS London. I would say more than likely. But uh, this trip is very expensive. So to make this trip happen, we are, well, I say we, I, I, uh, I am probably going to do something at some point, maybe some kind of like a fundraiser stream of some sort. Uh, but yeah i i don't know quite how i'm gonna do that yet i thought about doing maybe like a a patreon incentive goal or something but i think a fundraiser stream would maybe be the best solution uh i know there's like types of fundraiser streams that some people do where it's like like for every dollar raised for travel a dollar also gets donated to charity yeah but i don't I, i don't know how i'm gonna make it work yet i haven't got that far or like what the incentive goals would be yeah we'll we'll figure it out yeah but if you have any ideas for that incentive goals things like that uh go ahead and let us know or something that you would like to see if we did a live stream like a fundraiser live stream because i think that there are some cool things that we could do we would just have to figure out how to how to set it all up so uh but in the meantime what do you say we hit them with the first mailbag question heck yeah all right now i have not pre-read any of these mailbag questions neither mostly ha- neither have i so okay let's see so what do you want to see out of the fire pack okay so we're gonna start off out of the gate by saying we haven't discussed this on the podcast yet. There is a fire uh, duelist pack coming up. Yes, duelist with the explosion. Yeah, and we will we'll get into that a little bit more maybe in the next episode. Hopefully, we'll get some more information. Yeah, I, I would like more than just the name. Right. I kind of want to see some volcanic support finally. Yes, I think we would all <laughs> love to see that just for the sake of it. Um, but. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like Volcanics already have the potential to be an explosive deck, so <laughs> got to be careful. I see what you did there. I also see what I unintentionally uh, did there. Maybe we could also rekindle the Flamvel. Eh, eh, eh. Uh, I don't know what I would want to see out of it other than I, I, I would like to see Volcanic support for the sake of it, for the meme. But yeah. even know. if it's just like, even if it's just something like volcanic blah 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 search for volcanic rocket i will say this pyro is the least supported typing in the entire game yeah uh so maybe some fire king stuff Ooh, that'd be that would be sick that'd be spicy Uh, i see what you did there (laughs) okay you're stuck on an island with your three favorite players of all time you have to choose one person to die who is it so my question is, my three favorite players of what? Are you talking football, Yu-Gi-Oh, pinball? I can't name a single favorite pinball player, but I can name a bunch of favorite Yu-Gi-Oh players and uh, that other thing that I watch, football. Uh, I can't name any, any in particular. I know you can name some football players. I can name. I'm really digging through the archives. Give me a second. You're a wealth of useless information. I'm sure you can pick up a single football player name. Um, I can, I can think of one dude's face. What does it look like? He looks like a member of the chain smokers. That tells me <laughs> nothing. That could be any of them. I mean, it's 
I mean, to be fair, a member of the Chainsmokers is just kind of just a white guy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, lives in, lived at was part was on was part of the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. I think. Peyton Manning. That's it. Peyton Manning. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so you see that ball over there? Uh, yeah, with the horse on it. Okay. Behind the camera. Yeah, behind the camera. Yes. To the left of that horse is a signature. Mm-hmm. That is Peyton Manning. Oh, cool. And the horse is a Bronco for the Denver Broncos. Oh, cool. Who he played the back half of his career for. Okay, the cool. The back quarter of his career. Okay. He played the front three quarters of his career for the Indianapolis Colts. He played for horse teams. Oh. Quite the opposite of the Cowboys. I think I think that's why I thought Cowboys. Potentially. Because Cowboys go together. You could come up with Drew Brees. Who? You're smiling. I know you're <laughs> messing with me. Uh, I well, know that that's one that you, could, that you didn't name, but you could have... Like you, if, now that I've said it, it sounds familiar. Y- surely, yeah, yeah. No, it, Tom Brady. Yeah, that's another name that in my mind is name football, and that's that is literally the entire name file. Football, the chain smokers. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, no. Like literally, if it was a filing cabinet, you would open the filing cabinet for football. And it's just like random names you open, and it just says name football, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it's football players, then I'm gonna go with. Cam Jordan, uh, Mark Ingram, and JJ Watt. And if one has to go, it's JJ Watt. So nobody probably asked for that. But if it's Yu Gi Oh players, it would be Joe Giorlando, Pack, and. Uh, probably Billy Break. And if one has to go, then uh, I it's probably me. <laughs> Fair. It's probably me. Cause they... I'm stuck with my three favorite players, and one person has to die. Never specified one of those three players, so it's it's probably me. It goes against the spirit of the question, but I right. But I mean, whatever. I love how Caleb's like, it goes against the spirit of the question, but I don't have a problem with it because yeah. you are technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. Tell my wife I said hello. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I love that, the I'm drama. sure it's a, wait, I don't remember that particular line. Which one? Tell my wife I said hello. Oh, yeah. Hello. It was the episode with, with where it was like these two, where it was like Earth versus this was fought, was in a war against this other planet. That's I like don't remember a bunch of the episodes. Yeah, and then like oh, was it Omicron Percy I six, Percy I eight eight. I'm sorry, Percy I six don't exist anymore because they were blown up by Percy I eight. That makes sense. Um, and then like they were, uh, basically going through a peace treaty that was a fake peace treaty treaty with these aliens of neutrality who were neutral about absolutely everything, <laughs> and like they launch a missile to blow it up, and. The one new, new giant just stare is watching the missile come over, and he says, "Tell my wife I said hello." Wow, it's great. Okay, are you guys excited about Jesse Cotton's first YouTube video? You know, it's so difficult for me personally. Like, I I, I don't know how much you ingest Yu-Gi-Oh YouTube content. I didn't realize he made a YouTube video. Okay, well, his first one came out this week, I think, or supposed to, or something. Soon. I, I am I'm very, very much in tune with the Yu-Gi-Oh! community on Twitter. Very in tune with Yu-Gi-Oh! Twitter. I used to be extremely in tune with Yu-Gi-Oh! YouTube also. I used to watch everything by most creators. I, I would watch... Yeah. Every Nim Nim video, every Disencoder video, every Farfa MBT, Simo, uh, every uh, Rev Z video, blah, blah, Tom blah, blah. Box, it's I mean GGYGO, all of them. Pack. I, I used to watch every video from every major creator in the space without fail. 
I mean, every time, right? But I've kind of gotten to the point where we make enough content now where, where granted, we don't do like highly edited, put together videos Yet. regularly that these other creators do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we still put in several hours every week into the podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, for us to both be working full time and put the amount of time into the podcast that we do and plus trying to maintain our personal lives on top of that for me for me it's like something has to give yeah just we just don't have time anymore right so all the time i used to spend ingesting Yu-Gi-Oh youtube you're now making Yu-Gi-Oh youtube right more or less so i you know i don't know that for me personally there's I, I just don't watch that much. Like, the people that I mostly watch these days are GGYGO, Josh Schmidt, Pack, and MBT. And I'll watch some Farfa clips every now and then. And that's nothing against any other creator. Like, it's not that I don't want to watch your videos or whatever. It's just that, like, I drive for work. Like, I can't watch all these YouTube videos while I'm driving. You know, some of them I can lock my phone and listen to in the background. But... I just I can't keep up with them all, so I it, I'm excited that Jesse Cotton is doing YouTube content because as somebody that when I do ingest YouTube content, I want it to be from the most competitive players. Of course. So I'm I'm excited for that, but at the same time, just I'm don't not have the time for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's not something that I'm just like super duper in tune with. It's not something that I know if I'll be able to keep up with. So. What steps did you guys take to get better at the game competitively? Caleb, what about you? Well, first thing first. And I give ha- yourself more credit than than you're going to. You're not going to give yourself much credit. I know that. Give yourself more credit than you're going to because you have gotten immensely better at the game since we got back in. Well, first thing is first. I don't know why I'm doing a goofy voice. Yuck. First things first was uh, I started watching just a basically start watching a whole bunch of YouTube videos on where the meta was. And from there, and like, once you figure out what the meta is, it's not hard to just kind of keep track on the changes as it changes. I would agree with that. Yeah. That make, yeah. So as far as the meta, it's, it's that. And then from there, it's just kind of finding a deck, learning it for me, then jumping to another deck and learning it, then jumping to another deck and learning it, then jumping back to that first deck and relearn. Not even having to relearn it, just relearn not the deck itself, but how it plays against other decks in the meta, if that makes sense. Yes. That's like that's a big point, is you have to know how your deck interacts with the current meta decks. Yeah, for sure. A great example is in Medolce, if I shuffle back Channel uh, Monsters, I have to also shuffle back that field spell, because if I don't, Yep, I, I had that. Bored. I had that exact same issue when I first played against Tier Limit, uh, the weekend that it released at that regional. Yeah, I shuffled back cards. I was like, do any of your stuff, do any of your cards, do anything? He was like, nah. And so I'm comboing, and I use Baxi to shuffle back two, and he goes, oh, activate the field spell to pop. I was like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, he said yeah. Said it didn't do anything. I was like, yeah. I was like, I thought it didn't do anything. He was like, well, I, I didn't realize you were gonna shuffle. It doesn't do anything at that moment. Right. It doesn't represent an active form of interruption. Unless this exact situation comes up, which normally they would trigger themselves. Exactly. But at that time, he couldn't trigger it himself, so he didn't even consider it a thing. Right. Either that or he just, you know, didn't want me to know, which, fair, I asked my opponent and took it on faith. Fair which enough. I never should have done. I'm too trusting, but fair enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But like, yeah. But like, once you've learned a deck, the hardest thing is to just get games in with whatever's in the meta, and then from there, learning how your deck interacts with the meta. Um. Sure. Like, can your deck pump out rank rank uh rank four exceeds? Like, it's nothing and doesn't lock you into anything. Yo, abyss dweller, right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um. And then also kind of keeping tabs on how the meta is changing, so that way you know, you know when, okay, I need to I need to alter like my hand trap lineup, right? Or I might even have to jump deck altogether for temporarily because this, um, because for one reason or another, uh, like, oh well, there's this deck out that's heavily anti-XE, so I probably shouldn't run Medolce as an example. 
Right. Like, oh, like th- like a whole deck that literally gets effects off based on what extra deck mechanic, just as a horrible example. Or better yet, Lan- if Lancey's in the format, don't run a Banish Heavy deck. Right. Yeah, that's very fair. As another example. I mean, I think a great example is right now, Mandolce is actually a very good choice because people are running a lot of graveyard hate, which doesn't really bother Medolce. And there's been so much random earth and fairy support here lately that it just coincidentally makes Medolce better than it's ever been. Not only that, but also it's an earth deck, not a darker light deck. Exactly. So, so it turns off bestials unless, unless exactly right. DD Crow. Yes. So it's really interesting that you bring up Medolce as an example of like, you know, making choices when not to play a deck, yeah. but also when to play a deck. Yeah. Like I said, Medolce is a great meta call right now, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. So I think that the next thing that I want to say about this particular question is just play the game. Yeah, yeah. You got to play a lot of the game. There is no substitute, truly, for getting in tons and tons and tons of games. I, I cannot express enough how important it is to play the game as much as possible and try to get it against different opponents as much as possible because everybody plays the game a little differently and to that to that end not only does everybody play the game a little differently but if you play against different decks you learn what all the decks do and the more games you have against the more the more different decks the more experience you have going in, going into mm-hmm. your next tournament, right? So oh, yeah. if I go into a tournament where there's nine rounds, at this moment in time right now, with me having been back in the game for about two years, mm-hmm. I, I'm caught up. I, I know what Tri Brigade does. I know what Virtual World does. I know what Sword Soul and you know Tier Limit Yeah, you know what Tier Limit does. I, I know what these decks do more or less. I mean, I know the combo lines in and out. But I have a general rule of thumb on yeah. how to play against them, how to interact with them. So how to how to interact with their end board without it just turning your deck off. Right, exactly. So as a result, because I've put in a lot of time to get a lot of games in, I have a rule of thumb on how I want to interact. So for me, I think that playtesting is the most important part of getting better. And iron sharpens iron. So I would really try to play test against people that are not on your level. Play test against people that are better than you. Mm-hmm. Because they will change you the way that you think. So that's my thing. I like play testing Edison specifically a lot with Caleb because I think in a lot of ways, Caleb is better than me at a lot of the things in Edison format. And to be honest with you, I think Caleb likes play testing advance against me because. No offense to you, Caleb, but I, I think I'm a little bit better in advance than you are. So, you know, I, me and Caleb make a really good pair in that sense for testing partners. But I think that you really, to grow as a player, you really need to push yourself with who you test with. I think mm-hmm. that your your circle really is the most important factor with your growth at Yu-Gi-Oh. You need to be in a circle with like-minded people that want to get better at the game and take that next step in the competitive aspect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How should tier zero decks be handled? Like dragon rollers where they play around with different cards to lower the ceiling, but not to kill the deck like Pepe where they took the deck out behind the shed or Zodiac where they banned its key pieces while leaving most of it still legal and want some form or another. So the thing about the tier about tier zero decks is that sometimes you can't do option three because any amount of the, of the pieces existing is the deck at full power. Right. Um, and then with Dragon Rollers, that was that was them attempting to lower the power ceiling, then realizing that it it doesn't work unless you ban everything. Yes. Um, hence the take it out behind the shed with Pepe. That was them going, we've done experiences with Dragon Roller. We're not doing that again. Yeah, I, th- I really genuinely believe that when you get into that kind of a tier zero format, it it has to be a behind the woodshed kind of moment. Like because if it's not, you just end up with another format where oh yeah sure it's not a tier zero format anymore, but that tier zero deck is still like the number one or number two deck in the room. 
Yeah, I, I really believe right now that if we had a ban list that hit like seven tier cards, it's probably still the best deck. If you hit seven Ishizu tier cards, it's probably still the best deck, or at least very close. As per our um, ban list episode that we did, like what, an episode or two ago? A couple episodes ago. I, I've, I've lost track at this point. <laughs> Follow up, decks like Spiral have benefited from the power vacuum left behind from tier zero formats. Do you think the game has progressed enough in varied card design to prevent a secondary tier zero format forming after the first one was hit? So I'll research more, but I believe when Zoo died to the list, Spiral swooped in and had another another tier zero format. So because that because it was the second best deck in the room, but it couldn't do anything because the best deck in the room was yeah, so Spiral also, Spiral is actually tier zero twice, but Spiral had the, I think, somebody told me that, but Spiral had the benefit of getting new support right when that ban list hit, which vaulted it up, mm. and but it wasn't tier zero for a super long time, yeah. if I remember correctly. Uh, Like, I don't think, okay, so like if they hit tier limit out of existence, I don't think there would be another tier zero format just due to there not being... Well, that depends on when we get all the Kshatri Claw, uh, Kshatri Law cards. I don't think that you get another. No, that's not going to be tier zero. Don't get me wrong. I don't know, man. It might be. Should they hit tier uh, tier element out of into the dust where it's not a thing anymore? Then I, I think there would. I don't think Kshatri at that point would swoop in and just become the next tier zero format, but it'd be close. I'm not worried about Kshatri itself. I'm worried about Kshatri tier limit specifically. Well, that's the thing. It wouldn't be a thing because tier limits are gone. <laughs> I mean, tier limits are basically hit yeah, enough yeah. to be gone in the OCG. Yeah, and they're still they're still chugging so, along. They're still the best deck. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So I I truly believe that unless we get a murderous ban list, tier limit will not get any better. Yeah. No, it'll just evolve. Yeah. All right. Next we have. Why has the Fallen of Alba's lore been so long? That is not a question that we can ask. You'd have to ask John Konami himself that question. and Or Golden Nova YGO. He would know. Yeah, he would know. One of those two people would know. Yes. What is your favorite anime character and or villain? Ooh. Favorite anime character? I... Oh, man. This is such a loaded S question. Yeah, probably Genos for me from One Punch Man. Mine is probably Z I don't I want to say Zoro from One Piece, but I don't I I have so much issue picking a favorite anime character because yeah, it's, I it's, like it's a I tough like question. Yeah, I like I like Usopp and I like Zoro, but I also like the main guy from uh Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. His name I forget. I like the main guy from One Punch Man from Saitama. Yeah. He's great. I like uh, the main guy from Demon Slayer. So I have all these shows that I just love all the main characters for. It'd be but, easier you know. if the question was, what's your favorite character from X anime? Right. But across all anime, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I can't pick one. Like, I guess Genos from, like I said, One Punch Man, maybe. Yeah. And even then, and even then, there's an argument to be made, even in, within my own head on, well, no, it's actually this other character. And it's just like, I can't. So it's like asking what my favorite Pokemon is. I can't pick. Yeah, but to be fair, I think you really look at Pokemon through some rose tinted glasses. Like, like you like Pokemon, like I like Kingdom Hearts two, but worse because to me, at least, I'm capable of seeing fault in Kingdom Hearts two. You're not capable of seeing fault in Pokemon, as far as I can tell. Oh no 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 no! There. Are major issues that have been through every single Pokemon game. I'm talking about in the Pokemon themselves in a lot of ways. Oh, Pokemon designs? Eh, there, there's, there's been some hit, hit and miss ones. You like Flamingo. Yes! He's it's, just a, it's just a Flamingo. Ah, it's, it's just, just a, a Flamingo. He's so doofy though. I don't care ah. how doofy it is. It's just a Flamingo. The concept is doofy. But I, but I mean, as far as Pokemon, I live by... Every Pokemon is someone's favorite Pokemon. Every single one. Yes, even that one, the one you're thinking of that's that you think is awful, 
it is someone's favorite Pokemon out there. I just... Oh. What's your favorite bad Pokemon? Ooh. Okay. Mentally, I've actually got a three-way tie. Okay. Ninjask? Okay. Um... Now, Ninjask is the one HP one, right? Or is that Shedinja? That's Shedinja. Okay. Ninjask being the other one. Okay, the other half of Shedinja. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, like, flip through the old book here. I think my favorite, like, really bad Pokemon is Toxicroak. I love Toxicroak. But a 4X weakness to Psychic is rough. Not with Sucker Punch, it's not. It's He's not that good. He's had his niche uses. He's had, I just believe yeah. you. Yeah, he's had his very Toxicroak has had very niche uses. Uh, number two is Perugly. Perugly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I get with Perugly. Yeah, Glamiel's of all form. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big Perugly fan. And number three would probably actually. What was your number one? Oh, Ninjask. Oh, that's right. Ninjask, yeah, Ninjask Perugly, and Electros. Electros. It's an electric kill from Gen 5. I'll just believe you. So, it has no weaknesses. It's an electric type of levitate. Great move pool. Okay. It's got coil. It's got good physical moves. It's got good special moves. It's got decent stats. Okay, what makes it bad? At the point it existed, everything was better than it in every in every form. There was always, no matter what, where you put it, there was a Pokemon better than it at it. Okay. okay. Jack of all Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. It was just all right at everything. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, what is your deck you hate losing to the most? Uh, flu. I'll admit, flu. it feels pretty bad to lose to flu. Especially since you haven't lost a single game from him yet, have you? I've lost a game, I think, but I don't think I've lost any matches in tournament play. Oh, they always get my goat. They, they always just, I always open no hand traps. I go full board and I'm just like, great. Yeah, Fluanderies has never really been a deck that like I enjoy playing against personally. But, you know, like at the end of the day... I don't know if it's the deck I hate losing to the most. I personally, I don't like those like stun based decks, like Eldritch and stuff. Yeah, or it's, like ugh. or like Craig and Control. Yeah, you know it's the worst though. Hmm. When I lose to the deck I'm currently playing, like a mirror match, <laughs> or even worse, the the because there's like a few things. It's not a specific deck. It's like either the deck I'm currently playing, or a deck that I'm super familiar with and I've played in the past, or the deck I prepared for the most going into the tournament. Oh yeah, no that that feels that feels the worst, oh, yeah. dude. Going into YCS Ni- Niagara, I prepared so much for Tier Limit because at that time it was already like the best deck. Yeah. And <coughs> when I lost my last round that I played to that deck, I was just done. I was like, "Oh, you kidding me?" Yeah, that, I that lost- never feels good. Yeah, and what's funny is I played more against Sprite in that in that tournament than I did oh, against Tier Limit. No. Yeah, yeah. Sprite was like Sprite took over fifty percent of the top cut in that tournament. It was crazy. Mm. All right. How does one flood the gate? Well, you see. Well, there's two ways. One way is to increase the water level so it just kind of goes over the floodgate. Yes. Uh who is Albaz and why is he fallen? Uh uh-uh. Again, I, I, I recommend going and watching the Golden Nova lore yeah, series. I think his name is actually Ashen, and then that name was given to him by 
uh, Ecclesia, I think, because he didn't have a name before. I'm going to be honest. Albaz is a much more cringe lord, edgy name, and it's much more fitting of a Yu-Gi-Oh themed thing. But I it's think very edge lordy. I think Albaz is a place, though. What? Yeah, he's the fallen of Albaz. Unless Albaz is a person, and then he's the fallen. He's Albaz is fallen. Uh, uh. Whoever this Albaz per, if it's a person, a place, maybe a thing. Albaz is a noun in this situation. I feel like that meme of that lady with all the math equations <laughs> flying by her head. Yeah. So I always just called him Albaz, and now that's I'm what like, everyone called him, but that wasn't actually his name. He's the his name is not fallen of. Uh, what what would? Bro, listen, listen. There was a cart. You reminded me of a scene from a cartoon that was out that was out not so long ago called Sonic Boom, where so, where Sonic was like it was a Sonic cartoon where Sonic was like my mil, my middle name isn't this and Knuckles goes I thought your middle name was the <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Oh my god, that was funny. <clears throat> Another little Sonic fun fact. Oh no, Tell, don't make me laugh. Tells his real name is Miles Prower. Look at me. Miles Prower. Oh my god. That is Tails' real name. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> ah, okay. Miles per hour. In case you didn't get it, wow, that that's what that's something. Yep. How do you feel about Master Drill constantly pre-hitting decks before they are even fully out in the game? I'm fine I'm, with it. I'm sure that this is a reaction to the new Master Drill ban yeah. list, where they they ban the 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 Toady Boy. That yeah, they they ban the totally awesome. Uh, uh, I I was about to say his Ochi, OCG name there and it, Mochi Frog. Yeah, Mochi Frog, the totally awesome Mochi Frog. Yeah, you know what kills me is people complain when they hit these frog monsters, like, or toads, I guess. Like, they hit Ronin Toadin. And everybody's like, no, not my Ronin boy. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, he was kind of the problem in that particular combo. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like Ronin Toadin was the issue. And. And if he wasn't, then Totally Awesome was. So to see them hit Totally Awesome based off of... Well, they say it's based off of current usage rates. I don't know about that, but... Regardless, to see them already hitting Totally Awesome... I'll be honest, I think Sprite is a cooler deck without Toad. It, it is, because then they have to go to more interesting lines. Where they're utilizing yeah. like just random Link and Rank 2 monsters... I legitimately believe the most fun I've ever had playing against Sprite where I thought the deck looked the most interesting was when they did not use Totally Awesome. Because I've I've played against Sprite players that like didn't go into Totally Awesome every chance they got. They went into other monsters and maybe ended up at Totally Awesome on the crackback. Because like that particular player, if I remember correctly... I went first and he went second and like semi broke my board and then I couldn't really do anything. And then on turn four, his second turn, he ended up make he ended up doing having just enough gas and he did end up making totally awesome. But it was because it was kind of like a, like a, you know, insulator rather than an yeah. end board piece. It was an insulator and also a beat stick because totally awesome is pretty big. He is fairly sizable. <laughs> so. If you got to add one support card to your favorite archetype, what would it be? Uh, I feel like we've answered this one a few times we in have. different forms. Yeah. I would add a good link to the Gear archetype because I like Gear Gears, but, you know. Yeah. Like something along the lines of, like, uh, you know, it, you know, if this arrow is pointing to a face down monster, you can flip that monster. Then as an effect monster, you it's, it can activate its effects or something like that. Yeah, something like that. So. Or if or if it's an effect monster, uh, this card's effect becomes that card's effect. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where where you can like flip armor and then activate and then get armor's effect off. Right. How would y'all feel about the meta being a chaos format? 
People of older Yu-Gi-Oh loved GOAT and their Chaos cards, but how about now? The meta is an updated Chaos format. How does that make you feel or your opinions? It doesn't really feel like a Chaos format is the thing. It feels more like a... More like a Shadow Imprisoning Mirror archetype. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Format. I, I see why somebody would say it's kind of a Chaos format, because like it's... the Bistials are the next the next iteration of a chaos monster yeah or a chaos deck in general right right but yeah. uh, like you said it doesn't really feel like a chaosy format it probably will um once the bestial it once the bestials kind of become their own separated thing where they're just kind of functioning on their own yeah as I, the main uh engine of a deck and not a side piece if anything instead of it being a chaos format I think it's more of an anti-chaos format because they targeted yeah. remove light and darks from the graveyard. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so like, so like, if your opponent uh, has like, like just put a light or a dark in grave, you can just go like, and they have both, you can just go cool, banish one of them. Right. It, it's it's weird. It, but like, like to me, like I said, to me, it doesn't feel like a chaos format. But I, again, I think it's because the main deck isn't a light and dark deck. Yeah, it is a dark deck that can banish lights to do its stuff too uh potentially i don't know i don't i wouldn't consider right now a chaos format yeah. but for what it's worth chaos adjacent that's good i chaos like that adjacent but for what it's worth i don't hate chaos formats i don't N particularly love them but i don't really hate them neither do i i have i actually have really really fond memories of the old chaos dragon deck Right. With, like, Light Pulsar and Dark Flare. Yeah. I, I remember that. V uh, vividly? I remember vividly it. Vividly is good. Fondly? There's a word that's, like, a combination of vividly and yeah. fondly. My, one of the most fondest memories I have was sitting down. Most fond. Yeah. Was Not sitting. Most fondest. Was sitting down. <laughs> I'm win, I win the die roll. Draw five. Draw for turn. Future fusion. They just go scoop. Yes, I yeah I I like that story. And they and I was like, how do you reveal what I'm going to fuse into? And he went, it's five headed dragon. I went, yeah. Flip the top card, my deck, my uh, my extra dragon was five headed dragon. He's like, all right, scoop. Yeah, let's just go to game two. Yeah. Didn't even want to bo bother. <laughs> what upcoming archetype are you looking forward to the most? Um, at the moment, I'm really not right now. Actually, I am. What's that? I'm looking forward to the Dino archetype. Oh yeah, let's well, go. The thing is, I'm, I'm being cautiously optimistic because we don't even know what, what we don't know what what kind of deck it is. Is it a banished deck? Is it a destruction deck? Is it a burn deck? Oh, don't say synchro burn. Is it a synchro exceeds fusion? Right. We don't know any of that yet. So I'm just like, I I'm gonna hold off. Until we get a little more information about the deck. Yeah. Personally. What is the Yu-Gi-Oh card of all time? Oh, uh, Hungry Hamburger. Ooh. I was going to say there's too many to pick from, but you might just be correct. Autonomous Action Unit. No, wait. The the No, I'm trying to think of the d Trap Disposal Unit. What's the one with... The four little Soitsu Doitsu guys and they're removing traps. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Tra I think it was Trap Disposal Unit. Something like that. They're also yeah. on Fossil Dig. Or is it Trap Disposal Unit A or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's Trap Disposal Unit A. They're also on... It's the same group on Fossil Dig and then they're also on like... Some, on like something Excavation Unit. Yeah. Where they're excavating like a UFO or something. The point is... Soitsu, Doitsu... Koitsu and... I forgot the fourth one. Bob, I don't know. Yeah, like th those four are also very solidly Yu-Gi-Oh. Dude, have you ever read the uh, like descriptions for those guys? I have, but it's been a, it's been five ever since since I have. Though. Dude, the descriptions for those guys are hilarious. Fun fact: they're from a Konami game. I can't are tell you what they? game. It, yeah, I can't tell you what game it was. What it is though, I cannot remember. Oh no, I. Wow, I remember my dueling book login. Normally, I just hit the <laughs> dual button because it leaves me logged in. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, I can't remember if I spelled it right. Soitsu, apparently totally unreliable. He wonders if he has incredible potential. Oh, Lord. 
which is just gauge, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Then Doitsu is literally It's an effect monster though. It's a union monster that can only equip to Soitsu. Yeah. And it's unsearchable. Yep, and then there's Doitsu. This is Doitsu. Okay, yeah. Doitsu attaches to Soitsu, who yeah. has great potential. And then there's what was the other one? Koitsu. 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 Who's a union monster? Same thing, and he equips to Aitsu. Aitsu, that was the other one. Okay, Aitsu. That's what I'm thinking of. Aitsu. Yeah, that was the fourth one. Okay, he seems to be very unreliable, but he might have incredible potential. It's literally the same. Text. Same thing, dude. Amazing. I mean, so are the Moai cannons. They're also from another Konami game. Are they? Yeah. Moai interceptor cannons. Yeah. What are these from? The same. I, I think it's the same game as as Koitsu because it's a it's a bullet hell where you like pick your character and and they're one of the and the and it's a dude just a dude on a paper airplane is one of your options. Amazing. It's a weird game. It sounds like a weird game. Good, but weird. There's actually a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards that are direct. There's actually a video, YouTube video recently about this. I think. Really? Um, yeah. There's like a lot of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards are direct references to uh, other Konami products from Castlevania to Metal Gear Solid. Well, Metal Gear in general. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should watch the video if you, if you see it. It's good. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, best color of sleeves. Caleb, can you hand me the sleeves that are on my Edison cube real quick? Sure. Because that's the best color of sleeves. Maybe even hold it up to the camera. What are you doing? No, just grab the ones on the deck. Yeah. And just like kind of hold them up to the camera a little bit. I don't, I don't know if that really qualifies. It's Dragon Shield Ivory. Uh, hashtag sponsored. Be sure to check them out. Uh, Dragon Shield Ivory. I think personally it is the maybe best color of sleeves out there uh i'm more partial toward like the more like the teals okay the i respect teal pink colors i also like lagoon yeah lagoons glacier very nice lagoon and glacier both Light very blue. nice i really like they have one called eucalyptus Ooh, oh yes those are also nice yeah, like those darker kind of ones that are almost I, like a dark pastel. I, I, yeah, I wish there were more like the brighter pastels, though. I also wish this. How do you feel about the Kashtira rarities? Oh, it's, boy. It's literally just the same as Sword Soul. It is, but I feel like the Kashtira rarities, they're all mostly in the main deck. Well, I guess a Rise Heart is an extra deck monster. Yeah, it... But I don't know. I, I feel like it, it's worse in the main deck. It might be. I I, th I just think it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I'm not I'm not thrilled about it. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm kind of thrilled about it because that means there's going to be less people playing it. Fair. What happened to Thursday Night Locals? We are really busy. Yeah. That is nothing personal against anybody. It is not that we don't want to do something like this, like a Thursday night remote dual locals that we were doing, but it takes a lot of effort to run something like that. And as it was, we weren't even running it before one of our mods was running it yeah. and he's taking a break. So, you know, for us to really pick up and run it, it's just not something that's feasible. Cause like I've said, we, we work full time. We do yeah. the podcast basically 15 to 20 hours a week on top of working full time. And then yeah. commitments to playing the game and then family commitments on top of everything else. It's just, it's not something that we can really handle right now. So unfortunately, yeah. Uh, how much loan should I take out to build Kashira deck from scratch? At least a thousand. Oh, from scratch. Yeah, I would assume that means... Uh, 1500 Yeah, because I, I would assume that would mean, like, no staples either. So you'd also have to pick up the staples, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I like, mean, just Fenrir's alone is 70 bucks a piece. Yeah, so... I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. I think... A th actually, I think 1000 really is, like, a good number. But $1,000... Now, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. That that's a, that's a waste of a loan. Yes. Rank your guests on the podcast from worst to best. No. no i will not do that <laughs> i will say 
my favorite episode that we have ever put out. Caleb, do you have a favorite episode with a guest? Um, not really. I do. Okay. Uh, is it Pack? It is not. Okay. I love Pack. Yeah, those are great episodes. And I especially love Pack in person. And his streams are a great vibe. And I, I really think that the Hani episode has the most valuable information. Fair. I think that the Hani episode is kind of crazy as far as like the amount of good information that he gives you in that episode. That That's fair. But I my favorite episode is the Cali Effect episode. That's fair. Dude, his energy was so great. I was talking to somebody else about this earlier today, actually. His energy on that episode was so good, and it just makes you want to riff off of that. Yeah. And like, and like, I don't, dude, that episode was awesome. And I'll be honest, the YouTube edit of that episode, I, I, that is such a good edit on that video. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so happy with that video. Yeah, our, our editor. The YouTube did a, video looks awesome. Yeah, our editor did an amazing job on that. He, our editor, literally worked tirelessly for like a week on that video. Mm-hmm. It, it is such a great, well put together video. Honestly, please, please give it a watch if you haven't. Like, it doesn't look like there we did that much editing, but to edit together all of the sound and the video mm-hmm. to like where. Every time somebody talking is like a different face on screen, yeah. it's work. Caleb specifically, this one's for you. Mm-hmm. What is your all-time favorite Mega Man game? I see you repping the OG shirt sometimes. Mega Man 2. Okay. Just for everyone's reference, my uh my uh my uh Master Robot uh order I normally go with is Metal Man into Heat Man to Woodman to Air Man. And then I'll usually do Bubble Man next, just knock him out because he's real quick and easy. Uh, and then I do Flash, Crash, and Quick. I'm gonna assume that that means a lot to some kind of to some people. I don't know. Best food from your home state? Gumbo. Gumbo is the snap reaction, but I disagree. Listen, listen. I've had gumbo where I took a bite and it made me cry. I had to. I have to. And I'll, I'll, I'm just going to tell you, I make a mean pot of gumbo. Mean. It takes like five hours to make it, but it's good gumbo. Listen, listen. Good gumbo takes minimum four hours. Minimum. Yeah, you're not going to get a good gumbo in less than four hours. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. And that's not including prep time. Oh, yeah. I would say best food from our home state I'll be honest. It might be it might be bold crawfish. I love a good crawfish bowl. That's 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 fair. Uh, oh, also a nice crawfish etouffee. I okay Over some now. Rice. Okay, one of my favorite things I've ever eaten. So there's I like crawfish etouffee. Mm-hmm. I in fact I love love <laughs> love crawfish etouffee. It might actually the answer might be crawfish etouffee. Fair enough, but. Here in our hometown, there is a restaurant that you can go to, mm-hmm. and they serve a Creole potato. Now, what this is is, this is a baked potato mm-hmm. with the inside scooped out, mixed up to make it a twice-baked potato. Okay. Okay. You're with me so far? Yeah. Then they take this twice-baked potato, and they put three shrimp on it. Okay. And then they... Take the whole thing, not not just a little bit on top. They completely cover it in crawfish etouffee. That sounds amazing. Holy it is amazing. crap. It is amazing. It's one of those. That's expensive- the best thing. <laughs> that particular thing is the best. Yes. It's very good. <laughs> it's very good. It sounds like it. Mm. I also like it when you get like a good piece of fish, like some snapper mm-hmm. or something like that. And they've put etouffee on the snapper. Mm. I really like crawfish etouffee. Yeah. So it might be craw- I, I'm throwing my vote from bold, from bold crawfish to crawfish etouffee. Yeah. <laughs> what is the worst city slash town you've been to? 
I'll be, I'll be honest, man. Our hometown isn't great. <laughs> I don't want to call out any of the towns that are too close to me. Yeah. Because, well, I know people that live there. Yeah. And like I work here. There's there's a couple but, there's a couple people where where if you ask where they're from, they'll tell you and if you go, I'm sorry, their response is, I know. Yeah. But for posterity's sake, I haven't been as many places as other people. But where I have been that sucks butt is the American side of Niagara Falls. <laughs> Niagara Falls, New York is is just terrible. It's awful. It's like you're on the Canadian side and it's like the whole place is a giant party all the time and it's great. I think then you drive across the border to the American side and you're like this sucks. It's like a terrible city. Like it's just it's it's not like a nice touristy area. It's just like a you know it, it's like a, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a no no I get it I get it's it. It's a poop hole. Yeah. You know, it's it's it really is bad. And it's not even like cool like the Canadian side. It just looks like a like like a downtown area. It sucks. And then one of the great wonders of the world is right over there. Like huh. like 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 literally you're looking this direction and it's this horrible terrible rundown run, city. Rundown looking downtown area. And then you turn 180 degrees and it's nothing but one of the most beautiful sights in the world gee that it's it's astounding and then if you look to the far side of that beautiful site you see what looks like the coolest looking area you've ever seen and that's the canadian side of the falls it it almost sounds man that that sounds like a. it's um... like if there was a strip mall on the far side of the grand canyon Which would be so American. The only thing more American is pancakes without syrup. Because then they'd be Canadian. Because you got to have that Canadian maple syrup, eh? Okay, but <laughs> pancakes without syrup is also un-American. Yes, it's weird. That's un-North American. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I take back the pancake. Because uh, yeah, yeah. that's just North America, not. Don't put dry It's an American invention with a Canadian export. So something like North that. North American. It, apple pie. That's American. Just, just like a strip mall with a giant apple pie flying saucer. Yeah. That shoots guns. No, that dispenses guns. No, 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 no. Like the bottom opens up, and these two robot arms come out with revol- like with like cartoon revolvers. No, 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 no. It gives out guns <laughs> without background checks. That's how you make it American. Yosemite Sand j- comes oh, out of God. nowhere. All right. Um, what do you what do you think? Or wait, wait. Is this in English? Hmm? What? what I guess. What do you think? Anime adaption of OCG stories or OCG structures? Be, hold hold on hold on I, I think I understand I think I understand what they're asking an anime adaptation of OCG stories or OCG structures would I I don't know what this question is asking okay would you think that an anime adaptation of OCG stories or the OCG structures the two manga series be okay. a realistic project Konami could protect like an anime they're asking if they think Konami would ever produce an anime adaptation of the uh, OCG stories manga or the OCG structures manga no no I think they're gonna keep him as a manga format they're not gonna spend money for cool things for us yeah like like don't get me wrong a Sky Striker anime would be really cool it, but no no. Uh, thoughts on the Kashtira rarities and pre-sale prices? It's it's too high. It's all too, too high. It's too high. Uh, I did get the Dabble cards, but not going to build it anymore as I'm feeling paywalled out of it with this set. Yeah, I mean everybody is. That yeah. that's that's like one of the issues with the set is that and, and see, <sighs> I I'm not gonna say I knew this would happen, but 
when you get something like not every set is going to have a fluanderies in it where it's like this low rarity deck that's like yeah. really competitive and stuff yeah a lot you're going to have you're going to have your sets where the only playable cards are all in super high rarity Right. I mean, it's if you remember, happen. the other side of Fluanderese was Sword Soul, which had three secrets, mm -hmm. two ultras, and a two soup. No, three, three secrets, three ultras, and two supers. Yeah. Like you could even and you could play and you played like what one of the commons. Yeah, you played one copy of one common. Yeah, everything else was super was super you ultra. Mean, and yeah, secret. three Ecclesia, three Mo Yi, and one two two Chi Shao, all secrets. You need one. Uh, Cheng Ying, three Long Yan, three Emergence, all, all ultras. ultras, and then um, you needed a Mo. No, you needed a two, Taya. Two to three Taya, and one uh, Sword Soul uh, Summit. Yeah, and then one Blackout, which is a common. Yeah. So yeah, but it's crazy. I think it's all way too high. I'll be honest. Yeah. I think if you wait a month after release, everything will be way cheaper. Except maybe the Fenrir's. Except uh, that's maybe. 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 Um, How do we reset current Yu-Gi-Oh? You literally need a ban list. Yeah. With no less than eight tier limit Ishizu cards, including one of limiting all of the Ishizus down to one. Yeah. Maybe, in fact, maybe 10 tier limit Ishizu cards. Yeah. Including limiting all of the yes. Ishizu cards. And you have to hit Fluandries, and you have to hit Sprite, and you have to hit Swordzol, and you have to hit Despia. Yeah, it, we're talking... And you also have to hit generic power cards like Triple Tactics Talent. We're talking maybe 30 hits here. Y no, I, I don't think... I don't know that you can make it happen in 30. So closer to like 40 or 50 hits. Yes. The, yeah. I mean, I think I think 30 moves on the ban list is like a realistic number to truly reset the meta in a way that... Uh, I'll be honest, the game needs. Because... Like one of the biggest indicators on the health of the game, in my opinion, mm -hmm. is audience engagement with the online content. And right now, engagement is the lowest I've ever seen it. Our podcast episodes have plateaued very hard in a pretty astounding way compared to the growth we were we were getting. Which I I've talked to other content creators and from what I understand, this is not just an us thing. This is everybody. Because the format blows. So people are kind of being like, I'm going to step back for a, for a little while. Right. So what we like some need... Of our, like pretty much everyone else in our group. Literally. Literally. Three-fifths of our group has stopped playing. So I think when you really look at that particular aspect of how many people are stopping right now, I think that you really need to reset the format in a significant way. I think it's well, I think it's overdue to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, it really needs to happen like on a timed schedule. I think it's, I think it's a year overdue. Yeah. So, um, do you know any doctors that specialize in buying kidneys need money for Kshatri? No, we don't. No, I don't. I I can't Wait. ask some people I know, no. but uh, I can't guarantee anything. They're usually in the livers. Can you make a list of the lists you need to make in order to make a list? You will first need a pen, and you also need paper, and you also need inspiration. Uh, who is, who is Yu-Gi-Oh? A spiky-haired kid with a puzzle. What is Yu-Gi-Oh? A children's card game. Where is Yu-Gi-Oh? Your heart. <laughs> most importantly, why is Yu-Gi-Oh? They didn't ask the most important question. To confuse you. Yeah, they didn't ask the most important question. How is Yu-Gi-Oh? The last question. How is Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh, Yu -Oh? oh by someone else. It. By someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How is Yu-Gi-Oh? Not great right now, I'll at be the, honest with Mo. you. I think that the yeah, I think that the tier limit I stick to my guns. The tier limit is an interesting back and forth matchup. But I will concede that it is not good for the game. No. So 
All right. Well, hey, listen, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the mailbag questions. But before we go, we, of course, want to thank all of our patrons. So a huge thank you to April Floodgate, Cam Yang, Dragon Maid, Stun Zed, Kane Martin, Zyphers, Yeet Defeat, Blackwing, Silver in the Ascendant is the best Floodgate. Earth Machine, Best Deck, Epi, Has Anyone Actually Read Toy Vendor, HGH Cyber, I am McLincoln. Mom said I could be anything, so I became a mentally, financially, and emotionally unstable millennial. Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pingo is the best deck, Newt Newt, Quitting the Game is a Floodgate, Sprite Farter, Unbanned Number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Savior's World, Rogue and Tier 2 are the polite terms for Bad Deck, AD, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Boxwine, Bestial Pizza Hut, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, for a Higher Dog Turd, Hero's Purple Cereal, I'm about to wreak a glamour tribute for Costi's Plant Nuts in Your Mouth. Oh, God. That <laughs> always gets me. Jerry Beans, man. Cam, the disciple of Caleb's waifu philosophy. Old Man Red, pin code 143. Ray Powell, Rescue Aces Tier 1. Watch me. And Santa Claus, thank you all again for your continued support of the podcast. Now, of course, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that. Checking the link out down below. And until next week, have a great weekend, everyone. Take care, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.